Children who consistently receive low grades or perceive themselves as underachieving may feel embarrassed or ashamed. Then they may worry about how others perceive them and fear judgment or criticism from peers, teachers or parents, which, of course, hurts their confidence and motivation and determination. This is Parent Them Successful with author and licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. Your child no longer has to struggle. On this parenting podcast, we unravel the complexities of the education system, give insight into intervention services, and offer encouragement and tools alongside your parenting journey. It's time for your child to thrive. Welcome your host, LEP educator and mom of four, Jessica Shields. Hello and welcome to the Parent Them Successful podcast. Again, I'm so glad that you are tuning in. Today, I want to talk with you about a very frustrating topic. Do you have a child who you know is very intelligent and has a lot of great skills and qualities, but they just keep bringing home D's and F's or poor grades? I understand how frustrating that is. You as a parent know that they are so capable of much, much more. But yet year after year and maybe even summer school after summer school, your child constantly struggles to perform well in school. Maybe they used to do well in school and they no longer do well. Or maybe they've struggled continuously since they entered kindergarten. Well, in this episode, I will share some of the reasons behind why your child is low performing and what you can do to support. So keep in mind that you will need a strong problem solving team to help your child turn this around. So be thinking about who your main educational supporters are, because you will need to count on them as well. It definitely takes a village. So stay tuned to the end so that you don't miss a thing. And also for your loving reminder and your challenge, because it will surely bless you. So first, let's address the emotions behind grades. That is pretty much the elephant in the room. It is a very emotional process. Grading, even from the teacher aspect, is a very emotional process, but definitely for our kiddos who are receiving those grades. Grades definitely can evoke a wide range of emotions in children and It can really vary depending on their individual experiences, your child's personality traits, beliefs about academic achievement. And that's why it's so important for you to understand what that might look like for your own child. Now, here are some common emotions that children may feel in relationship to the grades they receive. So, of course, you have happiness and pride, right? That's pretty standard. Children who receive good grades may feel that sense of accomplishment, happiness, and pride in their academic achievements, of course. And we as adults, if you've ever been in college or even when you were in school, you remember having those feelings of just happiness and pride because you did something well, even if it wasn't earning a grade, just doing something well and getting that positive feedback. There's that uh, that that good sense of accomplishment there, right? So 
positive feedback and and recognition from teachers and parents and even their peers can reinforce these emotions. And this creates a cycle that drives them to feed on these emotions more by putting in the work that they feel it will take to earn good grades. So a lot of times we'll see high performing students continue to perform well or continue to perform high. It's because they love that feeling that they get from doing well. Now, at times, they may also feel that satisfaction and relief. So when children achieve the grades they were aiming for, ah, that feels good. They may experience a sense of satisfaction, a relief. And this can stem from meeting personal expectations, maybe even overcoming some challenges or feeling a sense of validation from their efforts. And I'm sure you can think of a time where you got something done. Maybe it was a major project for work and it could have been a DIY project at home. But that satisfaction and that relief from getting it done and doing it well, that felt good, right? So the same thing when they earn a particular grade, specifically good grades, it gives them that satisfaction and relief. Now, regardless of if your child is a higher achiever or struggling learner, they can also experience feelings of anxiety and stress. And this is so important to understand that no matter what level of achievement your child is at, stress and anxiety are very common for many many of our kiddos. So grades can definitely be a significant source of what anxiety and stress for many kids and the fear of failure. Maybe it's that pressure to perform well, and maybe it's concerns about the impact of grades on future opportunities like scholarships and getting into college or going on that trip or field trip. It can all contribute to heightened stress levels. So that's why it's so important. Hear me. It is so important to keep an eye out for any signs of stress and anxiety, especially as it relates to grades. If you're noticing that when they have a project coming up, their attitude changes, their behaviors change, and it's centered around the work that they have to get done Be mindful of that. And I'm going to tell you some things that you can do if that is the case when you're noticing some uh, things going on, some changes in behavior because of stress. Now, other feelings your child may experience also include disappointment and frustration. And children who receive lower grades than expected, maybe D's, F's, and it could be a C in some cases or a B in other cases. But when they feel like, They could have done better. Of course, that disappointment and frustration kicks in. They feel like their efforts went unrewarded or that they don't meet their own or others' expectations. So we really want to be mindful of these situations in which our kids feel this way and help them navigate that disappointment And let them know that things can get better and they will and that you're there to support them. Of course, I 
noticed in my career that a lot of times when kids tend to get disappointed in themselves, they start to develop other feelings like self-doubt and insecurity. And of course, poor grades definitely lead to these feelings as well. So your child may question their abilities. They may question their intelligence or their worth. And that's a dangerous place to be in. And they also may worry about their future academic prospects. So this feeds into that stress and anxiety loop as well. So it's all coupled. These things aren't separate necessarily. One can trigger another. One type of feeling and experience can trigger another type of feeling from the same experience. And so again, many of these feelings can be wrapped inside of one another. And some other feelings they may have include embarrassment and shame. And children who consistently receive low grades or perceive themselves as underachieving may feel embarrassed or ashamed. Then they may worry about how others perceive them and fear judgment or criticism from peers, teachers, or parents, which of course hurts their confidence and motivation and determination. So you can see how dangerous these types of feelings are, even though they're tied to a grade, how dangerous it is for our kids to have these feelings because they're already creating this narrative about themselves based on what grades they're earning. Now, of course, we know that grades can also inspire feelings of motivation and determination. And some students may view low grades as an opportunity to learn from their mistakes or seek improvement and to work harder to achieve better. And that's to get better results in the future. Now, this would be what we call a growth mindset. Children who see low grades as a way to improve, they typically have adopted a growth mindset. And I've talked about this before in previous uh, episodes, but a fixed mindset is going to take this to heart. So uh, is, is the ch- if the child is struggling in school, we may And a lot of times we do see the opposite often occurs. And that's where those feelings of apathy and indifference may even come into play. And in some cases, children may develop this sense of uh, apathy or indifference towards their grades, especially if they're overwhelmed, if they're not even engaged in school, if they're disenchanted with the whole entire education system. That means that they're like, this thing is rigged anyway. Why should I even care? It's not even for me. And I don't fit into the mold. So then they just disconnect and they may lose interest in academic success altogether. And you might also see that they're not attached. They don't attach much importance to their grade. So whatever, I got a D, I got an F, oh, well, you know, whatever, you know, I don't really care about this place anyway. So you start to see that attitude rise up. And it's because they have not felt successful in that system. And unfortunately, to be honest, some some situations or some systems aren't set up for the type of child that your child may be. So you might have to look at other options for education that really 
truly support your child's specific needs. And there are many options out there uh, to choose from. And so you'll have to do a little research, a little digging to see what is best for your child. Now, by understanding these feelings and emotions that are attached to grades, it helps us really understand the cyclic nature of why some children just continue to perform poorly. So there are a number of reasons for this. So number one, I'm going to talk about the lack of understanding and maybe they're having difficulties with a particular subject. So your child may be struggling with the material being taught. Maybe it's too challenging for them to grasp certain concepts or skills. And I'll tell you, if this is the case, then you really want to talk with the teacher about what can be done to provide some interventions in this particular area. In high school, a lot of times they're offered tutoring. Uh, Sometimes it may go as far as special education testing. But if they're having some type of struggles or difficulties, there may be an underlying problem that has not been uncovered. Number two, it could simply be poor study habits or lack of organization. I see this a lot with uh, children who have ADHD. And so your child may not have effective study techniques or they may struggle with time management and organization. And this results in incomplete assignments or inadequate preparation for exams, not using time wisely, getting very distracted. Does that sound familiar? So it could be any of those things. Now, A third thing it could be, and you know your child best. So as I am going through this list, think about what it could be for your child. Number three, it could be just lack of engagement or motivation. If your child doesn't feel interested or motivated in that subject matter, then they may not be fully engaged in class or putting in the necessary effort to succeed. And it may be just that one class, but if you're seeing it consistently, lack of engagement or motivation in school, Again, there may be something deeper going on. You want to find out if there's bullying involved or if there's something that is happening at school that makes them so apathetic towards it. Number four, of course, I alluded to this earlier, but learning disabilities or educational challenges. Children with uh, undiagnosed learning disability or again, attention-related issues that really do impede their ability to learn and perform academically tend to poor uh, perform poorly. So it's important that if there is something that is underlying that is impeding or stopping them from learning in the way that you know they can learn, then it's important for it to be discovered so that they can get an individualized education plan. And if your child already has an IEP, individualized education plan or program, then it's time to milk that cow and say, hey, my child shouldn't be getting these low grades. Let's relook at this IEP and see what supports are not in place that my child needs. So then you have a fighting chance. Uh, Number five is emotional or social issues. So again, I kind of alluded to bullying. If something's going on at the school that you don't know about, 
this can impact their grades, especially if they were high achievers and all of a sudden they're low achievers. There's something in the environment that's different and it's your job to help uncover what that is. So difficulties in social relationships, emotional well-being, maybe it's something that's going on at home. Maybe it's something personal that's distracting them from focusing on their studies. This can be definitely something impacting their academic performance. And if your family's going through something and it's impacting your child's education, it's so important and critical for you to reach out for help for the entire family and not to just just ignore it and just hope that it passes naturally. That would not be in the best interest of your child. Number six, of course, there's not much you can do about number six, but it is ineffective teaching or educational environment. Sometimes the teaching methods or the learning environment at school may not be well suited for your child's learning style or needs. And this is so true, leading to your child's learning style or needs being unmet and it makes it hard for them to understand and retain information because it's not being tailored to their specific way of learning. So very important, very critical to understand that sometimes it's the education environment that is not meeting your child's needs. So number seven is external distractions or obligations. So if your child is overwhelmed with all of these extracurricular activities, part-time jobs, maybe family responsibilities, maybe they simply just don't have enough time and energy to devote to their schoolwork. So if you think about it like this, if you have worked all day long and you get home at 6 p.m., your mental capacity is already spent. You're tired. And it may not be that you're tired physically, but your mental capacity is too tired to take on something else that is going to require lots of cognitive thinking or cognitive processing. The same with our kids. If they have been cognitively spent all day long and they barely have a chance to get some schoolwork done, which requires more cognitive uh, power, it's hard for them to excel. So you might want to look at, and I alluded earlier to scaling back on some of the activities because we don't want to sacrifice their well-being just so they can be super busy in, in doing everything. They have to have a balance too. And that way you can really protect their mental health as well. And then of course, the last one, number eight, is just lack of support or resources. Sometimes, really, it is insufficient re, uh, support and resources. It could be at school. It could be at home. It could be that they have limited access to educational resources in general. It could be inadequate guidance from teachers or mentors that they don't have a mentor. It could be so many things that all contribute to uh, the poor academic performance. So, just keeping those things in mind, I'm hoping that something has resonated with you as you're thinking about your own child, if this is the case. But if this is the case, really the best thing you can do, first and foremost, start with having an open and honest communication with your child, really to understand their specific challenges. Let them open up to you. 
And so when you do that, you can really try to figure out some of where the problem is uh, lying. You want to really get a deep understanding of the root cause. And so consider discussing also their grades with their teachers, seeking guidance from maybe the school counselors or other educational professionals and exploring possible solutions together. So you will definitely need to rely on your support team to ensure that you are getting the right help for your kid. And that's super important. It doesn't matter if it's summertime or winter break. You should always be looking for opportunities to make sure that you're getting your child the support that they need. Now, your team could also include, because I talk about the importance of a team, your team really could include trusted friends, especially those who work in education or who are just well-versed in education advocacy. It could also be education establishments that cater to specific needs of your of the of your child. It could also be your child's pediatrician. Yes. Or even their therapist. Yes. And they could be definitely counted as a part of your child's care team. I call it a care team. But just think about who who can help you support your child's needs and help you get the support you need, right? Because it is just really important that you are focused on finding a solution to the problem so that your child can regain positive feelings associated with doing well in school, And trust me, I have been a part of many, many, many problem-solving teams. And I promise you, it is not impossible for your kid to make a turnaround. Your child can thrive. Well, by now, I hope that you're inspired. I hope that you're thinking about how you plan to ensure that your child's academic progress is well taken care of and that their needs are getting met. So here's your challenge. If your child is constantly or consistently bringing home poor grades, just think about who you want to be a part of that problem solving team, that care team in order for you to see change. Also, I do want to leave you with a loving reminder and that is Always be willing to think outside of the box when it comes to finding a solution that is in the best interest of your child's unique needs. Well, Parent Warrior, I surely hope this episode has blessed you. And if it has, simply hit that follow up subscribe button so that you don't miss any more episodes. And as you think about that loved one, that family member, that friend, that coworker who needs this information, share the link, parentthemsuccessful.com, and make sure that they get this information because you don't know how much of a blessing you can be to another parent. Now, if you're like me, you're serious about better supporting your child's growth and development, join my email list for more free content to help you on your parenting journey. 
I truly appreciate you. I'm going to make sure everything's in the show notes. And you can join the email list at strongermindsstrongeryouth.com forward slash join the list. Again, everything is always in the show notes for you. But I do appreciate you. And I thank you so much for listening. So until next time, be blessed and love on your children. Thank you for listening to the Parent Them Successful with licensed educational psychologist, Jessica Shields. We're so glad you've joined us and would love to connect with you outside of the show. To find more information about our services, the Empower House Academy, or to take our quiz, What's Your Parenting Style? Go to StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. Feel free to email us directly at info at StrongerMindStrongerYouth.com. We'd love to hear from you. Other ways to stay connected are on Instagram and Facebook by searching Stronger Mind, Stronger Youth and on Twitter at official underscore SMSY. Until next time, be well and love your children for they are a gift from the Lord.